Hi, I'm John Narrell, and welcome to the Mid-Career GPS Podcast. If you're feeling stuck in your career and overwhelmed by what steps to take, I can help you. As an executive and career transition coach, I help my clients prepare, position, and promote who they are and what they do to show up and find a job they love or love the job they have. It's time to start building your mid-career GPS. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. You got this podcast at a great time today because I am so excited to introduce to you my guest today. And she and I have a really interesting story about how we got connected how she became not only a client, but a long-term coaching client, but also became a friend. And I am so grateful to have some time to talk today with Jennifer Miller. Jennifer, how are you? I am fantastic, my friend. How are you today? I am good. I am good. We were just lamenting about the weather and waiting for things to kind of warm up and get a little bit better here and everything. But Jen, I, you and I have known each other for a while, and we are going to get into that on this, on this podcast today. But just to get us started and for people to get to know you a little bit, I really wanted them to hear from you. Like, share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do with everybody. Okay. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. This is my first podcast officially. So I'm very excited about that. Thank you, John. You're welcome. So, my name is Jennifer Miller, and I have learned through John that I am categorized as a mid career professional. And I am loving my position in the world with that. So I work for a very large corporation. I am in their real estate division, and I run the program management office that primarily focuses on mergers and acquisitions. Um, So it's very exciting. I, I get to deal with a lot of different people, and it's always very interesting And then on the side, I have this passion for health and wellness. I learned, you know, I've always been kind of focused on that. And I started as a consultant for Arbonne, fell in love with the company and the products, and then really learned to love so much about nutrition and ingredients and what it means to your body. And that encouraged me to go and become, um, earn a certificate with the integrative uh, nutrition mm-hmm. certification. So I am a health coach now, and I have a little side gig that goes along and it complements my Arbonne business, and it's great. So that's my passion. I am married, I have no um, human children. I will say that are my own. I have two fabulous stepchildren and a granddaughter through that. And I have many nieces and nephews, which I consider them all my babies, but I really am a a fur baby mama. I have a 12 year old blue tick cone hound and he owns me and I'm quite okay with that. (laughs) I always love your posts when you're like, Mason went out and did a five mile run with me today and he didn't (laughs) stop. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) 
I'm such a proud mama at his age. I know. Ah. I mean, gosh, that's like 84 to you and me, right? And he's out there <laughs> exactly. doing five miles and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, Je- Jennifer and I often commiserate about our fur babies because she's got a, a 12-year-old dog that weighs how much? How, how much? 62-ish pounds. 62 yeah. pounds, right? I have a, a 20-pound cat that does nothing but lay around the, the house all day and, and owns us too here at home. So, uh, you know, we have we often have a good time commiserating about our, our fur babies and everything like that. They definitely keep us going, that's for sure. You, you know, Jennifer, you and I connected a little over, really, it's, it's a little over four years ago because I always go back to that defining moment for me and my business, when I pulled every single email address I had, every contact I had, at the time, you could actually pull email addresses from people you were connected with on Facebook and LinkedIn and directly, like it just automatically downloaded. You didn't have to go searching for them. And when I launched my business full-time, I sent out this email to everybody and I was like, hey, I just want to make this big announcement. I'm launching my coaching practice full-time and I help career professionals create their next advancement opportunity. And pretty quickly after I sent that email, you responded. And I'd love for you to just take us back a little bit and share what that moment was like for you when you got that email and thought, "Eh, I think I might want to give this coaching thing a try a little bit. That moment. And that's one of those moments in my life that I remember very clearly, like it was yesterday because it was truly a moment for me that felt like divine intervention. So I am with my company. It'll be 26 years in August And I had recently started my journey with Arbonne and consulting, you know, as a consultant for them. And I was feeling a little lost, you know, what's next? Do I stay with this company? Do I go elsewhere? Am I looking to still advance in this world or am I looking to wind down and really focus on my side hustle and You know, my husband had just retired. He retired young because he was in law enforcement. So even though he had 31 years, he was still very young, you know, 54 years old. So I had a little envy watching him and and a lot of his friends. And I was like the little kid. I felt like the little kid stuck on the playground watching all their, you know, their siblings or their older friends go off into the next phase. So I was really at a crossroads where I did not know what I wanted to do. And I had actually reached out. I can't even tell you, John, how I found these people, but I found coaches online Mm -hmm. and I had reached out to them to say, you know, give me an understanding of what service you provide and how much it would cost me. And I was grappling with, am I going to spend this money on myself? And I didn't feel it, you know, a couple of them responded, but it was literally that week and I was laying in bed and for some reason I checked my email, which I almost never do right before I, I wanted to put my phone down and there was your email. And I was like, oh my God, the universe is literally speaking to me right now. Here's somebody I know, you know, I had only met you recently through an Arbonne event, Mm -hmm. but 
I knew you through my brother Yep. and I would trust him with my life. So I knew, you know, you were credible and I thought, all right, I'm going to respond to him. And it was a weird feeling. Cause I was like, does he really mean this? Does he, does he really want to hear back from people like me? And I said, I- I'm just going to respond and say, let's chat. And I, I really didn't know. I didn't know if you were just going to be like, oh, dear Lord, I don't have time for like a <laughs> little chick like her. Why is she? <laughs> but I responded and I just remember thinking the universe put put that email there at the perfect time for me. Yeah. And it was it was very much the same thing for me. Right. Because to put that email out there. And to have somebody respond back and say, hey, I'm curious, I want to talk. But the other piece of it is, and you brought Rich up and we got it, we got to bring him in a little bit here too. So so I got to know your brother through bowling. And it was through a mutual friend that I was subbing on their team. You know, it was Terry Wiley, and I got to sub on Terry's team, and I got to know Rich a little bit. And and it was really through bowling league with rich every week that we got to know each other a little bit and then friendship kind of happened i mean as much as i've known you for a little over four years like i've known rich for maybe another year or two more than that and yet i often look back and i go gosh i feel like i've known you both far longer yeah than, than what it's been so if you are if you are familiar with league bowling are you familiar with bowling in general? When you when you stack a team, you put basically you put your best bowler in the anchor position, and so we put Rich in the fifth position on a five man team because oh, he's clutch. Shocking. He's clutch, <laughs> right? He just he, he, you know when you need him to throw a shot, he throws a shot and everything like that. So, um, and then the side note to that is like as I got to know Rich a little bit more and what he's done, I'll put a link in the show notes because I had interviewed Rich for my podcast last year called Show up 2020. And we had a great conversation there, but I got to know Rich as this fantastic editor who edited my book and is currently editing my second book. Actually, by the time this drops, hopefully the book is released, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more another time. But it's, it's those kind of relationships where you build and you trust and you respect and things like that just kind of happen. I mean, the fact that you were able to talk to Rich and inquire a little bit and, and be like, hey, you know, how good is he? Is he is he legit? Those kind of things. I mean, that that certainly helped. But in our coaching relationship, things just really progressed because we clicked, right? We Agreed. clicked in yes. terms of you being at that crossroads and figuring out whatever is next. One of the things I've really admired about you and and appreciated in the work that we've done is that when it comes to the work that you do, you are very loyal to your organization. You are Mm -hmm. fully invested. And when we talk about this mid-career journey, there are times when we naturally question whatever is next and whether we stay or whether we go. For for you in this mid career journey, like what was it? What was it about for you that was really just honoring that investment and all the time that you've had in this organization 
to stay and grow in this role as a program manager in, in what I think is fair enough to say a very stressful and demanding position. Yeah. So it is very interesting. A, a lot of people, you know, especially when you start to get to my tenure, people start, you know, you get a lot of the peanut gallery. When are you going to go? How much longer are you going to stay? Why don't you go work for another company? Why don't, you know, and I, I, we also went through not long after you and I started working together, you know, you start, I mean, people progress in their career. Maybe you're not progressing. Other people are retiring, like I said, and I definitely saw that with my husband and a lot of his friends. So I just started questioning, what am I trying to do? You know, am I really looking to, am I going to put in the work to continue to progress or am I going to coast? Am I, you know, where do I really want to be? And I really do love the organization I work for. Mm -hmm. I love the vision. I have leadership that cast the vision now and that I have a lot of respect for. And I didn't always have that, you know, throughout the first 20 years of my career. I mean, I always respected them. There was nothing wrong with that leadership, but I would never say that they inspired me. My leadership now inspires me. Mm. Like I love the vision that they cast. I love where they want to take us. And there's a few of them that I've built relationships with that I really respect them. I respect their opinion. I trust them. I trust what, you know, I can, I always know uh, whatever I'm getting, you know, I see what I get or get whatever that saying is. And they're, they're just straight shooters. And I just felt, I said, you know what, why am I going to go somewhere else? I want to be here. I want to be with them. If I'm going to hustle, I want to hustle with these guys. Like these, these are my people, right? These, Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to bring them forward. I don't want to go help bring somebody else forward. These are the guys I want to succeed. And I want to be part of that. And that kind of just took over that renewed energy of really exploring, do I really care about being here? And I found out I really did. What makes you a really good program manager? It's really, I think it's my ability to build relationships at any level in the organization and to build honest relationships. You know, I've had a couple of pretty sensitive um, projects that were not in a very good place in the last few years. And, you know, I I was able to turn them around and it wasn't because I was able to provide the client with everything they wanted. In fact, both projects ended up pulling the plug because of what I was able to demonstrate to them. Mm. I was able to clearly and concisely like lay out the risks versus the rewards for what they were trying to do 
how they, you know, how they needed to get there. So not necessarily kill the project, but put more realistic timelines around it. And they just, they trusted me. They knew that I was showing up. I was putting in the work. They knew I was listening to them. I wasn't just being the expert. I listened to what they were trying to achieve. And then I just outlined how they were going to achieve it. And that made them understand it wasn't necessarily realistically laid out originally. And that, you know, from there, we were just able to build a really strong bond where I became an expert for them. Mm-hmm. And when when we started working together and that, and I'm, I'm glad you shared what you did. It's a nice segue in this because the, the relationship building that you already had in place was pretty strong. You were, you were really good with your, with your clients and the work that you were, were doing on these projects. And yet one of the things where I can look over the time that we've, we've worked together and really see some, significant and powerful growth has not only been in how you have enhanced these relationships, but you have done so because of having more intentional conversations and and really honing in on this particular show-up strategy that, that we worked really, really hard on. And so for you, where has just getting better at having these intentional conversations elevated enhanced supported challenge like whatever the the right word is here but like how has that basically helped your career and, and your professional growth and progression by having these intentional conversations yeah so i mean it it's done a 180 for me i would say in how I present myself when it comes to my career aspirations and um, my satisfaction and where I am in my career. So to your point, like my relationship building was always very strong with my clients. It's what carried me very well in a career where I never took you know, I never took an easy assignment. I was never the person who'd been doing the job. And so, you know, I had the right of passage to the next assignment. I was jumping into the middle of the ocean most times. You know, when I, when I took my, one of my first positions early on with the company, I was in a very male dominated environment of which I had zero experience. And the only way I was ever going to succeed was building relationships. And that's what I did. So I always had that. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't have was the ability to translate that into my worth and my career. And a lot of, especially women, and I'm sure men struggle with it too, but obviously, you know, I come from a place of kind of looking at where do women struggle. And a lot of women struggle with that when it comes time to really understanding your worth and talking about your worth and you expect that your performance is going to speak for itself. And then when you get to a certain level in your career, 
it's really the relationships have to take over. And I wasn't necessarily making that switch. You know, I wasn't, I had, they knew they could rely on me, but I wasn't making the switch to be able to sit down with somebody, look them in the eye and say, this is what I want. Tell me what I'm not giving you so I can get there or tell me I'm never going to get there. Let's just put it out there. I need to, you know, and I never did that until you and I started working together and you laid that out, this, you know, the show up strategies, like you said, and I started doing that. And first you go to safe places, you know, I had some safe conversation, but I say that with kind of air quotes because I picked people that I knew would be honest with me. Right. I've had a lot of bosses in my career that just say, you're doing great. Keep it up. And I would say, tell me where I need to fit. You know, everybody has something they can improve upon. Tell me where I'm not strong so I can build on it. And I just never could get the answer. So I went to somebody who was, you know, I would call it if I was going to get hit, I was going to get hit with friendly fire. Mm-hmm. And then I started to do that more and more. And then I got comfortable being able to say, you know, okay. I know what I bring to the table now. So if you throw something at me, it's not going to knock me off my square. I'm going to be able to take your feedback and I'll, I'll do what I need to with it. I, I appreciate you sharing all of that because what we've, what we've learned, right? And for anybody that's listening to this, these conversations don't come easily. Right. And I, I love how you walked us through about there were, you know, it was friendly fire or it was a safer conversation and things because how often did, did you and I joke where like you would say this to me or I would share like I had a conversation with my coach and just like you, like I wanted to throw up in my mouth. Like it was that kind of, right. Like it was that kind of nervousness thing that comes up and you go, am I really going to go ahead and do this? Right. And then you get into that and you, you experience and you realize what comes back and you process and see how helpful that is so that the next time when you go to have that conversation, there's a little bit of familiarity there and it's not as scary, but it is still as powerful in terms of whatever it is regarding the feedback, not necessarily what you want, but really about what you need. Yes. And I say, uh, you know, I tell people too, the, the term be fearless is not a term that I endorse. I always say, no, you can be afraid, but walk through the fear. Yeah. Don't be fear. There's no such thing as fearless, right? You talk to all these great leaders and you put them on a pedestal. And what do you hear? They walked through the fear. They faced their fear. They're and they're doing it every day. And it's funny because I remember saying that to you after I had the conversation with this one woman, because you convinced me mm-hmm. to have a conversation about my professional reputation. Yes. And I went to her and I, it was the first one that I had said, I've hired a career coach. I'm working with a coach and he's convinced me to have a conversation about my professional reputation. I'd really like to have that with you because I trust you. 
And she said she was absolutely on board. She came over, she sat down, she looked at me and, you know, her body language was relaxed, but she looked me in the eye and she said, all right, I'm just going to be blunt. When she said those words, I could have jumped up from the table and said, no, no, take it back. Take it back. I'm good. I'll just live in, you know, ignorance is bliss. Don't worry about me. But then John, she went on and everything she said was good. Yeah. What she was saying was like her bluntness was, she said, I have nothing. I can't say, Jen, you have to work on your presentation skills. Jen, you don't, you know, you don't communicate well with senior executives. Jen, you don't do, I have none of that. But what I can tell you is sometimes it's timing. And we had an honest conversation about what that looks like in your career and, but what you can also do to try to manage that timing and not just sit back idly and accept that, okay, it's not my time. Cause that's not the answer either. And I think people mistaken that for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. Right. I mean, it's, it's in, it's in having those conversations that, that really allow us to stretch and to grow. And it is part of where, I like to think of it, it, it. It's like the, it's like the blessing and the curse at mid career, right? right. That, that you have enough experience under your belt where you can can go to someone in your network and have that kind of conversation, but then you also have to be prepared for whatever comes with that, yes. right? Because that feedback is designed to help help us all just move forward in in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, so. I don't want to end this conversation without talking about this other facet of your life and career, and that is all around health and wellness and Arbon. because ever since I first started talking to you and coaching you, this was always something that was just part of the conversations that came up. So what is it about health and wellness that is not only just important to you, but it really is a bedrock for your life? Yeah. So, you know, I watched my father struggle with type two diabetes for a lot of my adult life. And, you know, unfortunately my, my father, it, whether it was education or what it, it just wasn't managed, you know? So I lost him young. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't 40, but he was way too young to, Mm -hmm. to lose him. And, and that leads to a lot of other things, right? It, it led to heart issues. And then there's that leads to liver issues and all the organs start playing. So when, when, I really saw him when it became real that that I was going to lose him and then having having gone through that loss I took a long hard look at what type 2 diabetes is and I said okay I have to change what I can change to try to you know own my environment and and try to head some of these things off so that's really it was that personal for me that I just wanted to try to manage my environment and what I was bringing into my body better than, you know, what I saw him do and what the education was for him wasn't the same. I was given a gift 
we know more, you know, I have more resources. So I started on that journey of really kind of looking into nutrition and understanding it, but I struggled a lot. There's, it's tough. I mean, you get such conflicting information out there and Arbon came into my life through their, you know, they call it, it's 30 days to healthy living and beyond, right? It's a nutrition program. And a lot of programs are set up this way. And I, I get that a lot. Well, so what it's a 30 day program. But what I loved about Arbon's program is that it was education based. So it wasn't just drink these shakes, you're going to lose weight is a life grand. That's not what our mind was about. It was about really furthering my education and understanding ingredients. And then not only in understanding ingredients in my food that I was consuming, but then also in the products I was using. And Arbon is a company that aligns with my values where they, they're a certified B corporation. And that means that they put people and purpose above profits always. And I just aligned with their culture and their values. And the more I learned, and then I was able to help other people just in my, you know, just in my circle. And when you, when you start getting feedback from people that you gave me my life back, you know, and it's so easy. They make it so easy. The support is there where it's not overwhelming, you know? And when people start telling you that you gave me my life back, I've been suffering for years with pain, chronic pain. And unfortunately, a lot of times our Western medicine is not set up to deal with prevention. They're set up to deal with treating symptoms and you know, I know that this is a long answer because, you know, then my mom got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and there's a lot of Alzheimer's. They, they refer it to it as type three diabetes. Mm. And it's, you know, there's sometimes it's genetic. It's not always genetic. My mom, we have no family history of it, but a lot of it can be attributed to toxicity in products you're using both in your food and on your body. So I really have become very passionate about that. I tell people all the time, if you're looking for a quick way to lose 10 pounds because you want to go to a wedding or you want to get your beach body, listen, I'm not saying weight loss won't come with it, but that's not what I do. Mm -hmm. I talk about what is, what's the state of your health? That's not about a number on a scale or how you look in a bathing suit. We talk about your health and let's figure out how to make that optimal. It's a powerful conversation because as you know, only too well, health is one of those kind of things that sometimes we really only let the people closest to us in. And sometimes we don't even let them fully in. Right. Right. A lot of people, it almost makes people not sometimes want to talk to you because it's too personal and you're too close to it. Mm -hmm. I, I find people that are a little removed from me have an easier time really talking to me about what they're struggling with than people that are closest to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it does set up that kind of, you know, uh, 
a friendly stranger in the sense that in a coaching relationship, there's no judgment, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like if you talk to, you know, it's like when you talk to, you know, hopefully you have a relationship with your significant other that you can have these conversations, right? But it's like, that's, that's close to the man in the mirror. And sometimes you don't want to talk about it because you're also then going to have to admit maybe what you're not doing or what, you know, and you're not ready to say that out loud to somebody. And especially to somebody that you think, well, you know, then three nights from now, if I want to go out and have pizza and beer with this person, are they going to be looking at me and counting how many slices I'm eating or, you know what I mean? That's how people start to think. So they don't want to be uncomfortable in front of you and feel like, I mean, I have some people, I feel like they, they think they have to account for everything they eat in front of me. I'm like, I I don't care if you're (laughs) eat a cookie. Like that's what, (laughs) you know, that's why I say like, I'm about wellness and wellness is not about eating celery and not, I mean, you know, right. I encourage you some days you need frosting, John. Some Some days days you you need need frosting. (laughs) Right. Yeah. As I, as, as anytime I, I I do have a guest and I'm jotting down a few notes and things. I'm always thinking like, what am I going to call this episode or whatever? I'm half tempted just to call this one. Just eat a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like eat a cookie already. Like navigate like, your mid-career and have a cookie, damn it. Like, just you know, like, yeah, I tell people like, and I've had to tell myself, right? And I think that's why I can do it because I've had this struggle myself where like the reality of it is, what if you really died like tomorrow? Let's say there was some tragedy and you died. Is anybody coming to your wake and saying, geez, I really wish they just would have lost that last 10 pounds. Like, I, like that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to kind of get over that thinking. And it's a real struggle for people. Uh, absolutely. And it's, you, you're such a great example though of here's somebody who has the quote unquote corporate job who is highly successful and driven and continually looking to grow and stretch and develop. And then you have your health and wellness business on the side that you get to put in whatever effort, energy, attention it is that you want, whether you're directly serving clients or you're not, it's it's that other thing in your life that gives you additional balance and purpose and and meaning that really helps you kind of navigate whatever this path is that we're on and, and get chance to learn from both in the process. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I love, I really learn a lot about, you know, Arbon has taught me a lot about myself as a corporate professional. And I'm very fortunate for that. You know, I, I'll think sometimes it makes me think differently about the kind of leader I want to be and how I want to show up and for people and the company and my leaders. And a lot of that comes from development that I've done through Arbon. Yeah. It, it's been pretty powerful for you without a doubt. Yeah. 
We I'm have so, so proud much of fun you. Though. I am Thank so proud you. of you. Absolutely. Hey, as we wrap up here, so two things. One, if you could give any kind of advice to someone who is trying to navigate where they are at mid-career, what would you tell them? I would I would really say you you have to own it. You and and I laugh that I say that now because I have to be honest. We have um there was an HR person at different parts of my career that every if I every time I heard them say you've got to own your own career, it was like nails on a chalkboard to mm-hmm. me because I felt like it was a cop out in a way. But after I've done some work, I, I get it now. Like whenever I'm faced with a situation and this doesn't mean I let people off the hook. So again, I want to be clear about that. That's not, it's not being a pushover and letting people, you know, off the hook for treating you badly. But when I wasn't getting where I wanted to get, I had to stop and look at myself and say, what am I not doing that doesn't allow them to see my value? It's, you know, there's something, whether I'm not communicating what my what my aspirations are, but it was looking within that made me realize that I needed to be courageous and have those conversations and get the feedback. But before I didn't realize that I wasn't allowing that vulnerability, if you will. And it was a lot easier to point fingers. Why am I being overlooked? Why they, I'm, you know, I perform here. That person performs there. Why are they getting it and not me? Or they just like them because they're a yes man. Or, I mean, it's very easy to fluff things off. And especially when you get to your mid, your career, you start, you know, well, they want young blood or, I get this. Well, they want a woman or they want, you know, there's some other minority they're looking for. When you find yourself doing that, you're only doing a disservice to yourself to not stop and say, what am I not bringing to the table that? What am I not doing? Because I guarantee whether it's the way you're communicating it or something you're not aware of, but Nine times out of 10, I would say you are the one that holds the key to unlocking that. And it's nobody else's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Owning it is such absolute great advice. And to, you know, it's like if we want to be in the talent pool, we get there because we are so clear in our value and our worth and where that is going to help move that organization, move that company in some way, shape, or form because of the skills I bring to the table. And if you want those skills, if this is the right time and you want those skills, that's great. And if you don't want my skill set right now, that's okay too. But in order for me to truly own it, I'm always going to do what's best for me. Right. Yep. All right. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, they want to follow up with you, connect with you, tell us where they can find you. So I am on LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, and I have um, 
My website is kind of on pause right now, to be honest, because that was a little overwhelming with everything else uh, I'm doing. I have two websites. I have an Arbon website, which I can get you the link for that. Mm -hmm. But my um, health coaching website, I had to put on pause and I'm just kind of doing everything through the Arbon one in my email, which is jgmiller910 at gmail.com. Yeah. I will put all of that in the show notes for everybody so they can follow up and connect. But Jennifer Miller, thanks so much for spending some time with me today and just letting us in a little bit about what navigating your mid-career GPS has been like. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me and thank you for being such a big part of it. You have been invaluable to me and I love working with you. Well, I am I am honored and grateful. And we're and- not done. And we're not, not done. done. No, <laughs> we got another I'm coaching not call done. schedule. I'm only getting started. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, my friend. Take care. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. If you want to learn a little bit more about what navigating your mid-career GPS is like, I just want to invite you into my private Facebook group. It is called Your Mid-Career GPS. Jennifer's in there. I'm in there every day. And it is a great opportunity for you to join a group of like-minded people who are just like you trying to figure out whatever is next and how to get there gracefully and authentically. So until next time, make it a great day. Jennifer, thanks again. And everybody stay safe and be well. I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed today's show and don't want to miss an episode, follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. And I'd appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review. Visit johnnarrell.com to download your free copy of the 55-Minute Career Transition Jumpstart to help you start building your mid-career GPS. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on social at John Coaching. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.